Welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective. I'm your host, Dallas Taylor. And I'm Alexis. And for today's episode, we're going to be going over and discussing Batgirl. But before we get into any of that, I want to plug our socials right here in the beginning for all of you sweet, sweet new listeners. Please go follow our Twitter account at CMX Collective, as well as our Instagram, The Comics Collective. Also, right off the top, we would love it if you all would rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening to us right now. We love, would love to hear it. We want your input. So please go ahead and do that. Sweet. Okay, yeah. And with that, let's jump right into Batgirl. All right, Lex, this was your pick. Do you want to talk to the people about it? Well, I mean, I feel like my pick is a little bit of a false advertisement because after all of the Twitter pressure... I realized it was out of my hands at this point. Mm. But um, I'm way glad that this is what we what we went with because I loved reading um, reading it the past few days. It's been so fun. It's completely – I had no idea about this specific Batgirl, her character, anything about her. This was a completely new story to me, which, I mean, we hear every week because I'm kind of a dud. But <laughs> – I don't know. I think it was so fun. What do you think, Dal? Um, I really enjoyed it as well. I mean, I love Cassandra Cain. She has been like a backup in a lot of the Batman stuff I've read. Mm-hmm. And then she was a pretty main character in James Tinian's Detective Comics run, which I loved. But it was fun to just read like her solo book, you know? So like, there's this yeah. character I loved, but this book puts her right in the forefront, which I enjoyed. It was way awesome, and I feel like it was also a really different type of storytelling because it was mostly silent, you know, because she doesn't really have any form of communication or internal thought. So what do you think of the – what do you think of that type of storytelling? I mean, I'm a huge fan of, like, a silent issue in comics, you know? Mm -hmm. They come up every once in a while where – Uh, a creative team decides to tell the entire story just through visuals. And so I thought that it was fun with Cassandra Cain being a nonverbal Batgirl, right? We get a little bit of her backstory. She was trained by her father to be just a combatant and a killer. So he never taught her how to speak. So that like the speech parts of her brain would pick up and just learn fighting basically which i don't think that really checks out in yeah life. that but <laughs> certainly checks out that in thought this is book. a little interesting <laughs> but so like in the portion of the series we read and again we read the first 12 issues this is like a 70 issue run yeah on i was Cassandra definitely having Kane. a trauma about that yesterday because I was like, how do I get volume two? What about volume two? And Dallas was like, uh, we're definitely not reading volume two. And I was like, oh, thank the Lord. Yeah, for anybody that isn't following along on my escapades on Twitter, I'm currently okay. driving all the way across the nation. So, like, <laughs> I was not going to do extra issues of Batgirl. I've got enough going on. <laughs> I love I'm how current- when you have things going on We don't do extra issues But when I do, heaven forbid We're going to read 500 pages of <laughs> Spider-Man <laughs> Hey man All you got to do is ask And I will pare it down for you he, That goes back to my anxiety 
Don't say that's your own issue. I am your brother. You it's can my say I cannot do that much. <laughs> it's just Spider-Man from the 60s. I can't do it. Um, but yeah, I thought that the silent storytelling was really fun. And it's something that has to come from a really tight-knit creative team. <laughs> which I got the vibe that this was from the book, right? And the artwork was absolutely stellar. I don't feel like there was any storytelling lost by by this being silent. You know, you'd oh, see facial yeah. expressions, you'd see body language, and you almost learn to to see like Cass sees, exactly. which was really, really fun. You rely heavily on the way that the characters are portrayed, which is exactly yeah. what she does. <laughs> totally. Okay, next question. What do you think of Batman's internal crisis when he discovers the tape of Cassandra and discovers that she was created to be an ex- an assassin? So the video of her murdering a man when she's a child. <laughs> I mean, I, I do think it's a little funny. Like, Batman has been making child soldiers for 70 years. That's like his whole game. <laughs> like, Robin, there's 80 Robin. of them. <laughs> Dick Grayson was eight years old when he started being Robin. Yeah. And I was like, you know, oh, Batman, baby. like, yeah, first off, I've met eight-year-olds. They could not be doing what <laughs> Robin is doing. You had a pretty exciting experience with a few eight-year-olds last night, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. And none of them are going to go fight crime with me. Not a one. Just Honestly, that's that's like what Batman's pouches are for, is fruit snacks and granola bars. because <laughs> That's what his belt is full of. <laughs> eight-year-old Dick Grayson would be really, really useful for about 20 minutes, and then he'd get hungry and completely shut down, right? <laughs> so like tights are too tight. He'd get distracted. Yeah, No, he doesn't get tights. He just has that little scaly green Speedo, you oh, know? True, true. <laughs> Even Maybe worse. That's what I'm... I'm currently wearing the original Batman. <laughs> I mean, original Robin outfit. In your drive across country. Mm-hmm. Optimal. Yep, I thought, it'd be the, I thought it would be the most comfortable thing available to me. But, yeah, yeah so, like, I think that it was an, definitely an interesting thing for Batman to to take issue with. Because, I mean, that is Batman's whole gig, is that he doesn't kill, right? Yeah, but he gets so damn close. (laughs) Heaven forbid. He will kill you, but he will turn you into a vegetable. (laughs) He will literally make you wish you were dead. (laughs) It's interesting, though, because, like, this Batman in here is definitely, like, the mid-90s well-rounded Bat-Dad, I feel like. Who just has, like, a thousand teenagers running around that he's trying to keep track of. Versus, like, the right now Batman, he's starting to get closer to that, honestly. But for, like, the last 10 years, he's been very grim and dour. Like, I work alone unless it's with Catwoman. Then I might might boof Catwoman. I don't know. But all you Robins go to a different city and and go robbing it up out there because I work alone. It's like, okay, bro. Even though I groomed you from eight years old to be my assistant. I'm like, Batman, literally Bruce Wayne's walking down the street and he sees an orphan. He's like, would you like to fight crime with me? He just sees any small child. They're like, my mom and dad are right over there. He's like, they'll be dead soon. Come fight crime. Here's the voice of the episode is Batman. (laughs) I almost got a Batman voice. Um, I love that it took us this long to read Batman. Like arguably the biggest comic book character on earth and we were like, eh, like it's like why like we episode have it. 
let's wait till like episode twelve to read a Batman. I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make Alexis read two runs of Spider Man, fifteen hundred pages, if not more, of Spider Man, probably close to twenty five hundred pages of Spider Man. I believe it. But we're not gonna scratch Batman yet. <laughs> <laughs> and I, all right here. Superman. So there was a rabbit hole for you. Can you tell? I've been in a car with a cat all day, so I need. I am chatty. I How is some... she? I'm sure you talk to her. Um, she good. She's being quiet. If you hear a a cat singing in the back, it's been <laughs> my last twelve hours. So wait, I'm sorry. Another rabbit hole. Where are you? Because you're definitely not where you're supposed to be. I am in Kansas right now. I'm about two no, hours. No, like, from where are you sitting right? at this moment? Oh, in my are car. You... <laughs> On the side of the road. Uh, in a Raising Cane's parking lot. I got myself some nice chicken tendies, and now I'm just sitting in a parking lot <laughs> podcasting. And honestly, I feel like the acoustics of my car are better than the acoustics of my apartment. I would say you so. do sound pretty pretty stellar. Right? Like, I'm probably going to do some audio Sounds recording good. for a side project that I've been invited on. Because <gasps> I'm like, ooh, like that sounds good. Yeah. Did you see that episode came out today? I was going to watch it after this because um, I've been running around... All yeah, right. quick quick plug, everybody. Alexis did some voice acting for the most recent video on the For Every Kind of Geek YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. We are so big very fans. Special. Yeah, we're big fans of the YouTube channel. And so definitely go check that video out. And go see, see who I am. Who Alexis is. And sneak peek, I'm doing some voice acting on their next video. <gasps> so. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Just don't send them the recording of our podcast. Dun, dun, dun. That's what I did. That... Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> he goes, he goes, I don't, he's like, he's so, so nice. He's like, I don't mean to be a bother, but I think this is an episode for your podcast. And I was like, shit. <laughs> oh, no. <How> you? <laughs> and it took me like three days to find the one that we did specifically for him and download the correct one. So I apologize for the shenanigans. Love, love that for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think of Cass being an eight-year-old murderer and Bruce having an issue with that? I, I feel like Cass has a bigger issue with it than Bruce has with I know. It. I feel like she has like PTSD because of it. Oh, totally. Because, like, if we see a few times her kind of go in for the kill and then be like, oh, oh, ee, oh, no, I'm not allowed to do that. And then, like, kind of have it do a double take. And, like, she has, like, she's sad about it for, like, several pages. And she's like, I'm a murderer. Like, especially because there's a few pages where Batman, like, really lays into her. And, like, <laughs> he's like, don't. He's like, I want you to go get this person, but don't kill them, Cassandra. And he, she's like, oh, I wasn't planning on it, but now that you said that, I'm going to be sad that you did. And I'm like, I feel like that's a lot of... Especially because I have to remind myself, she's 17. Yeah, she's also, a teenager. She's 17, yeah. and having been a 17-year-old girl, any type of introductory of negative, like comments from a, a adult figure you're gonna compartmentalize those and like have a lot of trauma so plus bless her for that bless her bruce's bruce is like it seems like you have a lot of daddy issues would you like me to add a few more <laughs> exactly while i hunt down your dad and keep beating him up 
I honestly, though, because of her backstory, I think that she is almost like a purer version of the quest of Batman, right? Yes. Batman is defeating criminals so that nobody else can ever hurt anyone like he was hurt. Whereas Cassandra was raised to be evil and be a criminal and she rejected that. And now she's on a crusade to help everybody else reject that. Yeah, exactly. Like she's consistently reaching out to these villains. She's consistently trying to help them be better and become a hero like she has. Exactly. And so like, here's my hot take. I think Cassandra Kane, obvious, obvious successor to Batman for the role of Batman in the future. People are like, it should be Dick Grayson. It should be Tim Drake, which it should not be Tim Drake. I've read that. It was horrible. <laughs> I will fight. I will fight people on the internet about this. I love Tim Drake. He is a bad Batman. I think Cass Fresh. should be the next Batman. Yes. And also her suit is the coolest. Oh, I love the full like mask, but with like the kind of scary spooky stitching. I can yeah. get behind that. Yeah, the stitched up mouth. Yeah. Super cool. Because you know that that's not how it originally was. And I think yeah. that's the point. Totally. All right. What difficulties do you think arise when a hero has no means of understanding or even communicating with those around her? Well, I feel like there was one specific part where we see kind of off the beginning, she tries to save this man and ultimately fails and he dies while she's trying to bust him out of his, from where he's being kept by these bad men. And he writes a letter to his wife and asks, asks Cassandra to deliver it to his wife. And I kind of feel like that really affected her because she had no idea what it said. And she really, I could tell she really wanted to be able to have that understanding and to be able to connect emotionally with this man, but had no concept or grasp to be able to, understand what he was trying to convey to his loved ones because she can't read the note she has no idea what it says and she doesn't understand why the wife reacts the way that she does because she has no idea what was in within the letter and I feel like that's very interesting because it kind of creates a disconnect between the hero and their the people that they're saving, I feel like they don't, she doesn't really have an understanding of why, I don't know, I guess why their communication is so important. And she has, she doesn't know, where am I trying to go with this? She doesn't, she doesn't have the same understanding of these people that say Batman does. Batman can fully communicate with people that he's trying to rescue and trying to save. And it kind of creates a sense of security for those, um, for those victims. But she kind of comes off a little more scary because she can't reassure the people that she's trying to be with. And I feel like that's another thing that was very interesting to me. And I just feel like it was something that I got really into thinking about just how hard it would be to try and like, convince these people that you're not you're not the bad guy you're not the one who's there to hurt them but you can't tell them that you can't explain to them that you're there to help so I feel like that was interesting especially because she's kind of such a scary upfront 
fighter too. Like she's very frightening to watch because of her extra abilities of being able to predict everyone. But I don't know. What do you think? That was a little rambly. (laughs) No, honestly, I agree. I think that that uh, you just heard me smash a styrofoam box of food. So (laughs) recording in my car, everybody, I feel like a crazy person. Um, But I think that issue that you decided is a really, really great example of the di- her nonverbal dynamic, right? The issue ends with her trying to learn to write so that she can understand. And so it sort of sets her on this path that honestly gets paid off in the next few issues when she interacts with this metahuman who tweaks her mind so that she can understand English again. And it, like, throws all of her powers off. So how did you feel about that little story arc of her getting her powers thrown off into her deal with Lady Shiva to get her powers back? Oh, I feel like that was such a good few issues where she was just... Because I feel like we really saw her go from an all-time high, being an amazing fighter, being at the top of her game, completely knowing what she needs to do, but slowly starting to realize that she kind of craves what she's missing out on, but doesn't really know how to get the communication. She doesn't really understand. Of course, she doesn't understand it because she literally has no sense of what it means. And I feel like she obviously goes through a crisis. She, When she has her internal thoughts given to her and have an internal voice that she is provided with because of this metahuman, she kind of freaks out. She like doesn't know what to do with herself and doesn't know how to act. Um, and it takes away her, um, her substitute sense of being able to predict people. And she gets the living shit beat out of her because she doesn't know how to play defense because she's never really had to. And I feel like it was very telling to see how that, um, how her need for that drove her to finding the deadliest woman out there, an assassin (laughs) who she describes as someone who hunts down the powerful people to destroy their sense of power. And their interesting conversation of how um, she she tells Batgirl, she says, I know you are holding back. You have more in you that you're not showing me. And so I want to help you gain back what you lost so that you can come find me in a year and we can actually fight the way that we're supposed to. And I found that very interesting because obviously she's portrayed as a villain so she's scary, she's aggressive and violent, but she aids in Batgirl getting back this ability of being able to predict people's movements. And um, I feel like another thing I noticed that was very funny is Batman's approach to her to her losing this ability. He, I feel like he takes it very personal and he decides that the best thing to do for himself is to put her through these extensive trainings and all these aggressive things and just also 
beat the living daylights out of her again and again and again because he doesn't know how to be there for her and how to help her understand her internal thought. He doesn't know how to go about teaching her to be able to understand what's going on, even though she was just kind of forcibly thrown into the deep end with that, you know? I mean, she went from not having any internal thought at all to being able to completely understand what's going on and trying to figure out how to speak. Um, And I feel like Batman did a poor, did a poor um, approach to helping her cope with that because he just put her through extensive stress and I feel like that's what pushed her to go and find this this crazy woman that wants to fight her to the death. Good old Shiva. Shiva. Yeah, Lady Shiva, deadliest assassin <laughs> in the entire DC universe. And I also she loved could kick anybody's ass. I also loved how um, Batgirl thought that she was tracking Shiva, but Shiva was actually baiting <laughs> Batgirl the whole time. I was like, this is excellent. I like the way that this turned out. Yeah, Shiva and Batgirl, definitely. Their stories are intertwined, and I won't say any more than that, in case you don't know, Alexis. I don't. Because it is it is interesting. Ed empty. Uh, um, quick plug of a completely different run, though. There's a really great Shiva-Cassandra arc in oh. the middle of James Tynan's Detective Comics time. Mm. So James, Ty- James Tynan is... Easily one of my favorite Batman writers of all time. He's writing the book right now, which I think is phenomenal right now. Like, Batman is in a really great spot. But a couple years back, he had a Detective Comics run that starred... It's basically like the Batman X-Men, almost, where, like, the main character... Batman is not one of the main characters. The main characters are, like, Batwoman, Cassandra Cain, uh, Stephanie Brown Spoiler, Tim Drake, Robin, and Clayface is has like a redemption arc in it and it's so 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 fun if you find yourself with some time alexis i don't know how you would with how our schedule looks this next month oh lord i'm so stressed about getting stuff done (laughs) dude i am too don't worry for context dallas and i are both starting new jobs dallas drove across the country and is now living in a different complete side of the whole united states and starting a new job and moving into a house and doing all sorts of shenanigans. But we are still going to give you your weekly episode to our best capability. <laughs> so give us a cookie and tell us good job. Yes, please. Be nice um, to us on the Twitter net. I definitely... I, I want to talk just for a second, before we get back to the questions, about Cassandra Kane as a whole. Yeah. Like, what were your feelings about her as Batgirl? Had... You said you hadn't ever really heard of her before you read this? I realized I'd heard her name, and I feel like I'd seen pictures of her, but I had no idea who she was and where she came from. I didn't know the whole um, origin of her character, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, um, of course, I'm I'm familiar with Barbara. I know who Barbara is. Um, uh-huh. Oracle. Love her. I loved reading about her. I actually read random, random side thought. I knew, I know her story very well. And I read a lot about her growing up, strangely. Don't know how that happened. 
I don't like know. Wikipedia or what? I just like sidebar. Um, <laughs> I this is gonna sound ridiculous, but you know the show Young Justice. That show rules. Love that show. Dick Grayson is in that show, and he references her. And I remember thinking, hmm, this is interesting. I wonder who this is. And then my little tiny self, who didn't have social media, but only had Pinterest, would look up pictures of Batgirl. And, like, I, like, I, like, put together all the knowledge from, like, people that uploaded, like, picture splices of comics about Batgirl and, like, Robin and all these different things. And I, like, put together her story, like, by myself. So I feel like I have a pretty good recognition of like her story and like who she was and what happened to her and I feel I just like remember having I like have this thought of like I don't know how the hell that happened (laughs) I just have it in my head and I don't know I don't know but yeah so I know who she is I'm familiar with her I love her um and I also love her like big sister role to Cassandra and how she like tries to be her buddy but doesn't really know how (laughs) I feel that Here's some quick homework for you coming off that Barbara thing. You should get caught up on Tom Taylor's Nightwing series. It's only three issues deep right now. Oh, okay. And it's it stars Dick and Barbara as, like, the two main characters. And yeah. it is so good. Like, it's so good. I think you'll I'm love down. it. Honestly, like, after this, you should just open up Comixology and type in Nightwing. And I have, the, I have all three issues right there. Oh, okay. Sweet. And they're modern comics, so they're a quick read. Like, you should really do that, because I think you'd love it, just hearing you talk about Barbara. Um, But for me, Cassandra Cain is a character, kind of like you said, she's a character I always knew a lot about. And then once I read that Detective Comics run by Tinian, or Tynan, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is is really cool, and she's a really great character. And so reading this solo series was a lot of fun, because I feel like I finally got Cass, more than just as somebody in the background. Yeah, you know? exactly. It gave her depth and gave her a, a character. Yeah, exactly. Which is something... It made me understand why people are clamoring to have her back in the limelight, you know? Yeah, it's cool. kind of crazy that this book went for 70 issues and now she just doesn't even... She pops up like for a couple panels She's every like, couple years. She's like, not really a thing. Yeah, that, that makes me sad. That's a bummer. Um, and still we get so many damn Robins. <laughs> there are too many Robins. Let them die. Ooh. Here's a hot take. I think Cass is... First off, I think Batman has a way more fun dynamic when it's like a Batgirl or Carrie Brown from The Dark Knight Returns. Like yes. Teenage girl and gruff Bruce Wayne is a dynamic that I think is really I fun. like it. And so... That I, I like that. Hang out with dad at work. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> do yeah. you? So who do you think Batman's best sidekick is after reading this, and just based on what you have read? That's a good question. I mean, oh, yeah. See, I mean, most popular sidekick. I mean, in the limelight, from what I understand, is definitely Dick Grayson, but. I would not say that he's the best. I feel like he's a disaster and a half. Um, <laughs> that's, that's fair. 
<laughs> I, I like him better doing his own thing. Yeah. I think that him and He's Bruce, a good Nightwing by his little self. I do like him yeah. as Nightwing a lot. <laughs> but not Robin. I feel like he has a lot of Batman-induced childhood trauma. Do you know who, like, the best little dynamic duo was while you're thinking? Mm. When Dick Grayson was Batman and Damian Wayne was his Robin. Yes. And so it was like, it was light and fun Batman with dark and brooding Robin. Yes. That was such a fun inversion. It's like a man like, child of Bruce. I loved that little stint. Batman and Robin by Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely. Like, that is my shit See? right there. I knew that too. I don't know how, but that's in there. I, I feel like Batman, Batman just gets like beamed into people's minds at night. I feel like, like I feel like I was abducted. Like, how did this happen? <laughs> Have I been stolen from my bed? And DC's like, there's Batman. There's your instant knowledge of Batman that you don't have to read about. I mean, I'm a little disappointed that you didn't go instead of like. I was making aliens. You really missed out there. Batman abducts you, and then just goes. And then you understand, and you're and you understand all Batman things. It's true. I feel like that's what happened. Like, really, like, I don't know how I have this knowledge just sitting in the back of my brain. Fever dreams. Yeah. I don't know. NyQuil. Mm, I don't know. Beats me. Good old NyQuil. Dude, all I right. can't. NyQuil. Nope. Perfect. This has been a completely disheveled and wild episode, <laughs> and I love that for us. I feel like it's the cross-country travel mood yeah it's a weird week um but we have one more question from you and then we have some listener questions Sweet. this might be a short episode because like i said i got some traveling to do yeah but what do you think of kane like so cassandra kane's mentor his obsession is he actually her dad yeah yeah that's her dad he is actually her okay okay that makes it worse but okay yeah, so Sorry. his obsession and attachment to the tapes of Cassandra as a child. Do you think he cares for her in a twisted way? Well, I feel like he sees her as like a product. Yeah, he sees her as like an object of like his insane mentality. He's like, look like, what I created. This is a weapon. Well, there's also, there's very much parents that see their kids as trophies and extensions of themselves, you know? Yeah. Where it's like, you have to succeed to make me feel good about myself, which is a super unhealthy dynamic. Pee-wee pageants. But, like, I definitely see that in the dynamic between Cass and her dad. Where he trained her to become this crazy killer and criminal. So he has, like, this perverse pride in what she's able to accomplish, you know? Like, twisted. It's like a yeah. twisted obsession, though. Because, really, because what made me write that question is the issues where he gets arrested and beat to the brink of death by Batman. And the FBI goes in to raid his house and they take the tapes of Cassandra that he had filmed through her bringing up of her training and her missions and all these twisted, terrible tapes of her as a child. And they had taken them into evidence and he lost it. He went ballistic. And I just found it very interesting because up until that point, I kind of got the feeling that he didn't give a shit what Cassandra was doing. He just just like, yeah, she's a murderer. What of it? Like, 
get ready for it, Batman. It's there. And he was just kind of taunting Batman with the prospect of Cassandra being a twisted, sadistic killer like he is. Um, But up until that point, we don't really see that he is... I would say he's like a frail old man that's just on the brink of insanity. I mean, he's not frail. I mean, he's ripped, but mentally frail. Totally. Um, He's kind of like a weird inversion of Bruce Wayne while I was listening to you talk there. Yeah. Where, like, he created a child soldier and he's, like, obsessed in the success of that child soldier. But, like, we don't get to see his redeeming qualities like we do Bruce's. It's true. I feel like I'm talking a lot of shit on Batman. It comes from a place of love. Like, I, I shit on been Batman around because long I enough. care. He's been around long enough that everybody knows that you're, like, legally responsible to like him. We don't get to have an opinion. For real. Christopher Nolan has a whole career because people like Batman. It's true. The brain I, mean, I like Christopher Nolan's so movies, we don't get an opinion. Like, yeah. Um, okay. Do you want to do some listener questions? Yeah, let's do it. You you have them. I don't know if you sent them to me. Uh, I did not. I forgot. That's okay. So do you want to read will be me them? To Alexis. Yeah. So this one comes from Critical Rants, who just did an mm. awesome Batgirl video on YouTube, by the way. Yeah. I think it got copyright claimed yesterday, <gasps> so it might be on the internet. It might not be. If it's not, I'm pretty sure he'll get it fixed. And it was phenomenal. Uh, so it says, hi, Dallas and Alexis. Hope you guys are doing well. And I'm super excited to listen to your Batgirl episode. Sorry, it's been such a shit show, Cole. I, you were looking forward to it. And we, we gave you, you this. We let you down. We gave you this steaming pile. So there you go. Thank Love from the Comics Collective. Um, I'm just going to ask two questions because I love Batgirl too much. Are there any sections or aspects of this run that you would have liked to see more of? And so, like, Cole is definitely writing from having read all the 70 issues, right? Yes. So we just read the 12 issues, so things probably get fleshed out and explored more. But, like, me personally, I love the dynamic of Shiva and (gasps) Cass. Damn you. What can I say? That was my answer. Now you got to think again, because I answer first. (laughs) Um, I want to see more Shiva and Cass. Even, I'm sure we get a lot more Shiva and Cass as the run goes on. I still want more than that. I think there's such an interesting and fun dynamic, and every time that comes up, I am happy, you know? Mm-hmm. So, that is, that's my answer to your first question. Do you have another answer, Alexis? I have not yes. I pulled one off the top of my head. I want to, I don't know, of course, I don't know if there's more to this later on, but I would love to see Cassandra actually learning how to communicate and write. Like, I want to, like, I have this image of, like, Barbara with a little whiteboard, like, and an apple on her desk, like, writing out letters, and Cassandra, like, writes it out on her own little whiteboard. Like, I feel like that would just be such a funny like cute dynamic and just so pure and I don't know I just like I kind of want more of her individualistic development as a person and not just bad girl want to hear something super cute yes in Tynan's run she decides to go live above where the Russian ballet practices because she feels like she can express herself best through dance 
<laughs> because that's an extension of her body, right? Yeah. That, that she learned how to communicate. And then number two, she... So in this run, I know for a fact that her English gets way better. Yeah. I figured um, that's a given. But that kind of... That kind of got walked back. And so then again in Tynan's run, she's kind of like learning to speak and verbalize well. And so Clayface was an actor. So he and her have this really cute relationship where they practice Shakespeare lines together Mm -hmm. to help him stay sharp for acting and her to learn more complex words. (laughs) Isn't that so cute? I didn't need that information. All right. Which other DC character or characters would you like to see Cassandra Cain team up with? Ooh. Mm. Damn. I feel like she, I feel like she'd be really fun with kind of like a chatty Cathy character. Starfire. You know? Starfire. Okay. Yeah. Tell me why. Why? I don't know. I just feel like she's such a ditzy, colorful character in my my minimal knowledge. Before I say that and offend someone. Um, I just feel like she's so bright, you know, and Cassandra is such a dark, brooding, mysteriously quiet character. And all my renditions of Starfire that I've ever read, she's very bubbly, like all over the place and just pleasant. <laughs> I don't know. I, and I feel like she talks a lot, but that could be know. fun. my answer has got to be booster gold. Because, Ooh. like, oh, you're going to find out in what we're reading for <laughs> next week who Booster Gold is. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> so, for anybody out there that's like Alexis and doesn't know who Booster Gold is, he is a regular-ass dude from the future who travels back in time and has all the major headlines, Marty McFly style. Oh. And so he defeats crimes, like, right before they're happening. So he is, like, a, a superhero of the modern era kind of cool simply because he has the knowledge of the future he has the almanac and he is very chatty very like i just feel like their dynamic would be really fun because she she definitely her actions speak louder than her words obviously but yeah she is an excellent crime fighter and so i think it would be kind of fun for his braggadocio and maybe lack of skill next to her to bounce off of her quiet talent. Like you know? he tells her what to do and she goes and murders everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel he's like, like I would... know this. And she's like, okay. <laughs> I feel that like would be kind of fun. fun dynamic. We kind of both went with like somebody chatty and colorful. Yeah. I, I also like, best. I would love to see sort of the Superman to her Batgirl, you know? Because, like, Superman and Batman have a great friendship. Yeah. Jonathan Kent and Damian Wayne have a great relationship. I'd love... I honestly don't know. Maybe someone should tweet at us and let me know who this character could be. But, like, the we sort should, of... like, open this up to the Twitter. Like, everyone send us your headcanons of duos for Cassandra. Make her... Let her have a friend. Everyone make suggestions of her friend. Tweet us. We'll know you listen That'd be to fun. the... Yeah. Yeah, you made it all the way to the There's end of the episode. There's two people that we know that listen to the end of the episodes. So you get a gold star. Um, no, I, I really want to know other people think because yeah. I feel like Cole deserves a better answer than what we're giving him. And I honestly am fascinated. I know. That's a really, that was, those were really good questions. Yeah. He's he sat on cool. those a while. He's coming on our show in July to talk about something very cool. I think I know. Um, I mean, it's on the podcast plan if you ever 
choose to open up that note. Have you invited me to that note? Mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think you have, Mr. Shady Pants. Yeah, I'm going to throw shade at you, and then I'm not going to invite I'm going to invite you while we're on air. <laughs> and so you you'll be like, oh, rats. I always like, boy. see, everyone, everyone, what we do weekly is always a surprise for me. Always. Because, see, he had in his mind that he shared this uh, schedule with me. Nope. Never have. Nope. I don't ever know what's going on, ever. Perfect. Well, you just got invited. Podcast. Pee poo poo woman. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, second. Wow, that is some interesting radio that they just had to listen to. We are king and queen of the Broadway. So sorry. Of the Broadwaves. Good job, radio waves today. (laughs) The Broadwaves. I'm going to live by Broadway. Um, Come and live in your sink so that I can go to Broadway. Perfect. All right. And now our final listener question for the week. Okay. This one is from Glenn Machette, who was on last week's episode. Glenn is great. And I told him I would try my best Irish accent to oh, read no. his question. And so I realized his, his accent isn't quite like this. But I'm going to read it like this anyway, because I just read The Lord of the Rings. Oh, no. And me lucky charms. And <laughs> what is it about Cass that made her such a fan fave? Hmm. There also you go, Glenn. Please, please still be my friend, Glenn. I'm sorry. You sound like the leprechaun that sells cereal. <laughs> I would like to sell you Cassandra Kane. Would you like to buy her series? What made her such a fan favorite? Oh, hell. <laughs> I'm oh. shocked I still have friends. I don't think that you do. <laughs> I am your friend. I am your friend, and that doesn't count. <laughs> True. All right. What makes Cassandra Kane? I think she's a really great POV character. I think she has an interesting struggle that really humanizes her. But yeah. she's also exceptional in a really fun way, right? You, yeah. You would sort of expect the teenage girl trope to be like, maybe she's really charismatic and endearing and fun, but not quite as capable. And Cass is an inversion of that where she is the most capable person on the page, but it is the charisma and the interactions that are hard for her. And I think that that little inversion made her makes her endlessly fascinating. I very much agree. I feel like she has so much depth as a character and so much potential um, that I feel like that just creates a really fun space of being able to theorize on your own while you're reading with her on what she's going to do next. Because I also feel, I get the feeling sometimes like she doesn't know what she's going to do next. You know, like I just, I just feel very attached to her because I understand her as a teenager. <laughs> you're not even a teenager anymore. You're an old woman. I know. Did you see my tweet about Olivia Rodrigo's album yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. I I literally scheduled a therapy appointment. Because I realized I am not a teenager anymore and I have too many teenage emotions to be healthy. (laughs) Love that for you. Uh Man, we're we're getting in deep here at minute 44 of the podcast. (laughs) We haven't even cracked an hour and it's already therapy. Perfect. 
Well, <laughs> that's what happens when your mom goes to therapy, and so she says, "I broke it, so I'll help fix it." <laughs> ah. That's what she told me yesterday. I was like, I don't have enough money to pay for therapy. And she was like, I'll help you. And I was like, why? And she goes, you break it, you fix it. And I said, ha, 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 mom. <laughs> 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 Boy, howdy. All right. Well, that is a great note to end on. Uh, do you have any final thoughts about Cassandra Kane, Depression <laughs> Sally? I loved it. I will say this is probably one of my top three that we've read. You say that every week. No, I don't. Spider-Man's not there. <laughs> I hate those stupid books you make me read. Spider-Man. <laughs> Big dumb idiot. Do you really not like them? They just like don't get me as excited as I feel like it gets you. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm just a monster. Maybe you're just not like a 20-something-year-old dude. Maybe. Maybe you I'm know? just a something-year-old woman. Yeah, and so, like, looking down the schedule, I feel like next week, I'm definitely going to have more to say than you are. And then the next week is a special surprise. But then, like, all-new Wolverine with Laura. Oh, I'm excited for that. You're going to love that. I'm excited for that. that, especially after the um, the gala looks. I got very into Googling about her. So, yeah, I'm going to save those run, opinions. That run ex- absolutely slaps. Uh, and then, like, the Suicide Squad run that we're going to do with Anne and Glenn. There you go, everybody. <gasps> I just spoiled our next month. You're going to adore that book. I'm so excited. Yeah. All right. So, you got a little sneak peek. Got to look behind the curtain. Thanks for being patient with us this week. It's been a weird one. We love you all. We'll do an extra, extra hefty episode where Dallas talks a lot next week. They don't want that. that. They're not going to come for that. (laughs) That's what they always come for. Be real. They come for that and then me making fun of you for doing that. No, no, they come for you. Literally every time I think that the book club doesn't do very well because they're like, wow, Dallas reads such weird ass books. (laughs) I mean, you read Godzilla. You asked for it. That book ruled and I will not apologize. (laughs) Godzilla. (laughs) Godzilla rules. Um, but anyway, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Comics Collective. You guys are great. This has been a really, really fun thing over the last couple of months. And will continue to be. So, thanks. We love you all. Toodaloo! Bye!